0: Leafs Converts, Hockey World, what is going on? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. My name is Norman James, your host. It is exceptional to be with you once again. For the next 20 to 30 minutes or however long it lasts, we are going to get into some really good Leafs conversation with the one and only Mike Jello. On the docket, Martin Zirkels. He's leaving North America for Russia. We'll talk about that. Plus, Calvin Pickard. Will he be leaving the Maple Leafs organization via trade? Plus, Morgan Riley. Is he underappreciated or overrated? We're going to discuss all of those players and more. Plus, there's a call to action for you. I'm ready to go. I know Mike's ready to go. Are you ready to go? Whatever. It's time to pod. The Leafs conversation starts right now. And here he is, the one and only Mike uh, Jello. Hello, sir. How
1: are you? Good morning, Norman. Uh, I'm fine. I uh, just got back from my uh, annual trip to New York City, so I drove seven hours to see the Blue Jays play um, and, and see the Yankees uh, properly annihilate them as, as they tend to do.
0: Nice word. Annihilate, eviscerate. Come on, Mike. Really? <laughs> yeah. isn't, that, isn't that where the Yankees are and where the Blue Jays are? Isn't that just the way it goes? As opposed well, to annihilate.
1: Well, yeah, it, it is. I mean, hey yeah, the blue the Blue Jays are in a rebuilding position right now. The Yankees are, you know, they're probably not going to catch the Red Sox, and they're going to finish in the wild card, and that's the that's the place. But I mean, Blue Jays fans have a, a reason to be excited in terms of the future. Um, and you know, like, like I said, I talked about Vladimir Guerrero in the past, and I think you're going to see, you know, guy a guy like Danny Jansen, who's their I think their catcher of the future. You know, there's a reason to be optimistic, but right now the Yankees, even with their injuries, are a really tough club to beat, and they, uh, they laid a whooping on the Blue Jays uh, in New York this weekend.
0: If the Yankees beat the Red Sox, the Yankees officially become my second favorite team, and I never have a hierarchy with sports clubs. It's always one club and that's it, but I will gladly slot the Yankees into number two among MLB teams after the Blue Jays if they can beat the Boston Red Sox, and they should. By the way, Danny Jansen, tell me, with those shades on, does not look like Brett Cecil.
1: Um, somebody was comparing him to Chris Sabo, and I remember, remember Chris Sabo, Cincinnati <laughs> Reds. He, he had those wraparound glasses, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it just looks like that. But you know what? I they, they read some statistics off about him. It says ever since he put those glasses on, he's hitting over 300. So, hey, whatever works.
0: I just got glasses myself uh, within the past week, and – I'm telling you right now, everything is illuminated. I, <laughs> I, I, I love it so much. By the way, annihilate, eviscerate. Should we like cut some clips out of our podcast and have Mike Jello eviscerates Jake Gardner? Put that out on YouTube. Put that Pul- out on...
1: Pulverize. How about that? You
0: know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, some big days ahead for you, my friend. Obviously not going to the rookie tournament because it's in Laval. But training camp will start, what, the 13th of September? At the Gale Center in beautiful Niagara Falls, Ontario, and you must be champing at the bit.
1: Well, they, it's it, traditionally, and I think they're sticking with this. The open, the, they're going to hold the first weekend uh, at, at the Gale Center in, in Niagara Falls, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I think they're going to open as they usually do at the Mastercard Center, and uh, you know, do their their pre-camp um, media availability. You know, Kyle Dubas will do his state of the Leafs. Uh, you know, press conference and Babcock as well. So things will get kicked off, but you know, if, as as you can see from some of the reporters, and I'll I'll be going up there as well at some point over the next couple of weeks. Some of the Leaf players are already skating at Mastercard Center, trying to sort of get a jump start on training camp, and I mean that's you know that's going to be a, a key thing for a number of players because there are some battles for you know, fourth line positions for bottom pairing defense for the backup goaltender situation. And, uh, you know, getting a good quick start is going to be a a big thing for some of these players.
0: Well, I can tell that you want to go into the Calvin Pickard uh, rumors, uh, information that's being put out there. But I I wanted to mention that I, I really do think that having the training camp at the Gale Center in Niagara Falls comes down to Kyle Dubas being old enough now to go to the casino. And those Falls you ads that run in Ontario, they're God love them, but they're somewhat annoying. Yes, have, have gotten to him, and uh, he's he's it's it's a double whammy in mid yeah. September.
1: I'll continue to say they're annoying until they're an advertiser for our podcast, and then I'll I'll say they're fantastic. <laughs>
0: no, no, no question. Um, so uh, was it James Myrtle put out something on uh, Twitter? Yes, uh, relating to Calvin Pickard being shopped. Mike, uh, give us the details on that and why we should even give a second of thought to whether Calvin Pickard is kept or dealt.
1: Um, well, the, the situation is, is that, you know, Freddie Anderson played, I think way too many games last year. I think people, anybody, anybody who saw what happened in the playoffs last year and in the last five weeks of the regular season, where his, his, Goals against went over three. His safe percentage went under 900. And, you know, at times he looked tired in the postseason, at times he looked really good. But I think that, you know, the want of the organization is to have a backup who can play more games. And based on what Curtis McElhaney did last year, I mean, he had, I think he had the best statistics of any backup goaltender. Safe percentage was two point, or so say, percentage was 934. Goals against was 2.14 you know, he probably could play a few more games, but there are some people who believe that Garrett Sparks may fit in as a backup. I think Mike Babcock, there's a trust level when it comes to Curtis McElhinney and Curtis McElhinney is going to end up being the backup again. And if that happens, you know, there's a problem because all their goaltenders, McElhinney, Sparks and Pickard all have to clear waivers. And I don't think there's a chance that, uh, Garrett Sparks is going to clear waivers. After winning a Calder Cup, after you know winning the AHL version of the Vesna trophy, he's not going to clear waivers. So there's one of two things here. It's either they're going to keep three goaltenders and hope that the fourth goaltender clears waivers. Um, so that means keeping, you know, say keeping Sparks on the NHL roster, which I, I don't think ever works. You know, having a third goalie there basically practicing all the time, it's not good for his development. So either you're going to keep three goaltenders or you're going to trade one of them and hope that the other one gets through waivers and goes down to the, uh, the AHL. And if that, if both of them get claimed or one of them gets traded and one of them gets claimed, then Casimir Cascasuo is your starting goaltender for the Marlies. But I mean, I think this is something that many people thought was going to be rectified early in July and one of the goaltenders would be traded that ended up not happening. And what James Myrtle reported in the athletic is that they're, you know, shopping around Pickard. Um, You know They're not going to get much for any of them, but I think it's who you think is going to be the best goaltender going forward. But I also think that it's going to be who Babcock trusts the most. So if I had to guess who the backup goaltender is going to be at the beginning of October when the regular season starts, I think it's going to be McElhaney, but that's why they have a training camp in preseason.
0: Careful, Mike. You're about to start a war between fans and Mike Babcock because the coach, he's not allowed to trust guys that he trusts. It's who the fans want. So you're going to have the faction crying and and whining about Garrett Sparks not being given the backup role or Calvin Pickard not being given the backup role. Now Curtis McElhinney's too old because, again, you're not allowed to age. Um, So just be careful how far you dial this conversation up, my friend, because um, it's going to be uh, essentially much ado about nothing when it comes to who the backup is for – Freddie Anderson, yet we will make a mountain out of a molehill. My, my real concern here is the career of Garrett Sparks because I just don't see him being the number one in Toronto, and he's played to a level of being given some sort of chance to make a statement somewhere. And I, I wish we could have seen him traded to a team where he could have gotten that chance. Now he's going to be a part of this goalie shuffle with the with the Maple Leafs. And um, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But somebody's going to get to camp and do well. And Mike Babcock has his guy. And um, therein lies a, a, a new uh, conflict that fans will gin up in their own minds over who's not being given an opportunity because of the oppressive coach and it's not just going to happen with the with the goaltending situation. You know, someone's going to make a statement in preseason, and uh, eventually, you know, end up with the Marlies or somewhere else, and uh, the coach will be to blame for it. This is the least combo. I'm Norman James, along with Mike Godello. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and all of the content we produce uh, throughout the summer months. I was telling Mike last night in our conversation, um, I actually find it use for Facebook Messenger. I could care less about Facebook, but Facebook Messenger is really good. I have a friend and he's with the Navy and U.S. Navy in Japan, and he and I talk all the time and uh, pre-Facebook Messenger, we wouldn't be able to have these discussions. Uh, However, uh, we're basically um, tabulating how much, how, you know, how deep the news goes for the Maple Leafs throughout a a year. And we came to the conclusion that um, for 11 months, there's just leaf news right for the picking with the month of August uh, becoming a little bit difficult to establish uh, or to really sink your teeth into any concrete information. However, September's uh, just around the corner and um, you know, we're doing our best to, to stay relevant and uh, we appreciate you helping us uh, stay in that mold by uh, supporting our podcast, whether it be on YouTube or the podcast platform of your choice. Um, Martin Zirkels. Here's a guy that you had ranked in the twenties, uh, among uh, your prospect rankings that you, you put out, uh, every uh, year, Mike, and he's headed to the KHL. Should we be upset about this? Or should we just think to ourselves, here's a young guy who sees that he's not going to get too much of a chance with this organization to elevate, uh, his own status. So he's going to go try it in Russia. And who knows, maybe down the line, there's a, a partnership between the Leafs and this player, but we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's a situation where, you know, Durkles was a 2015 draft pick. He played two years in junior played for Lafayette in the world junior. Um, I've always been impressed with his speed. He's uh, you know, he's not the biggest player, but he's, I, I think, you know, speedy, creative, you know, he's got an offensive upside. Um, but, with the backlog of wingers that the Leafs had with the Marlies and, uh, you know, consequently with the Leafs, you know, Durkles had to start and play most of the season with the Orlando Solar Bears of the ECHL. Now that franchise, now the, the affiliation with the Leafs is moved to St. John's. Um, he didn't get uh, an NHL entry-level deal. The Leafs are up against it in terms of uh, entry-level contracts. They have 47 right now, and that's not including William Nylander. So, you know, this might be a situation where similar to Emily Rassen and their second round pick from a couple of years ago where they signed off on him going to the KHL for a year. Now, from what I understand, um, his rights remain with the Leafs until the end of the 2018-19 season. I haven't been able to confirm that, but based on uh, the parameters of other draft picks who have gone to the KHL or played in the KHL that that seems to be consistent and if that's the case the KHL season ends usually in March or April uh, unless a team goes to the finals they that would be before the end of the uh, contractual year uh, with the in the NHL so they would have an opportunity to sign Durkles to an ELC after the KHL season that's a question of you know if he does well there then I'm sure that they're going to be interested but I mean he, the benefit here is, instead of playing in St. John's, he's going to play at home for Dinamo Riga, and maybe he flourishes there, and if he does that, then maybe they sign him to a deal.
0: This is what we talk about in August. Calvin Pickard and Martin Zirkels. God love them, but the business of an organization and the comings and goings of its players continue on 12 months of year, even um, if it's not overly interesting. But again, the, the forming of a team is important, and some of these um, subtle moves... These lesser moves right now might seem like they, they're not a big deal, but they can give the organization headaches. And I've always said, look, the whole point here is to, to do what you have to do every single day of the year to build a Stanley Cup champion. And for a team like the Maple Leafs that is expected to be a 100-point uh, club when all is said and done, uh, perhaps challenging for the Atlantic, perhaps challenging for the East – these kinds of moves actually do have ramifications, and um, there are derivative effects to to everything that go on so while I do poke fun at them, and that's what i am I'm a sarcastic guy, and I think some people who listen to us don't get sarcasm or are just way too serious um, while we do I do poke fun at some of these things because they do seem menial um, they they do have an impact or they do relate to other things that the organization. Uh, wants to do. I want to get to this thing that I found on Twitter from the NHL Network. I don't know if you saw this, Mike. Mm -hmm. NHL Network, a day ago, tweeted out, start your morning with a good old debate. Hashtag NHL top players. Um, Top 20 wingers. Top 20 wings. Which is a stupid uh, title because you're thinking top 20 wings. Well, okay. Gordie Howe, uh, Nick Lidstrom, and then you look at it, they mean wingers. So I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I guess fans voted. Have you, have you seen this?
1: I, I saw it and I glanced at it briefly.
0: Oh God! I have to go through it real quick before we go. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Morgan Riley. Which one do you want to do first?
1: Well, let's just because I because we'll be brief on it. I, the, the one thing I saw from that, and I, you know, I criticized when they put out the top twenty centers. Um, they had Austin Matthews further down than I, I had expected. Plus. They had uh, Jonathan Taves not even in the top twenty after one bad year. So um, I don't know if that was a fan poll or if that was a uh, you know based on you know writers from the from NHL.com or what. All I know is that I thought it was a bit inaccurate. And this one, William Nylander is not even on the list. Mitch Marner I think was in the teens. Um, what is this? Yeah. So no, Mitch,
0: Mitch, no, he, Mitch Marner is not a part of the fan one.
1: Oh okay. Mike
0: Johnson put one out too. And this is this is what the NHL network does. They they pander to everybody. And they they do more to to reel in fans of other teams than they would do to um endear themselves or strengthen their relationship with Maple Leaf fans. I think they go out of their way to uh I don't know objectify or um Lessen the lessen the uh, importance of the Maple Leafs because that way they're signaling to the, the entire body of of hockey viewership that this isn't the Leafs network. And to a degree, I understand that. But to have something like this put out by Mike Johnson, and i do not even going to bring up the fact he is a former Leaf. I don't know is he a Toronto kid too? Who knows. I but for so. him, for him to come out and have William ne- Mitch Marner ranks seventeenth behind Johnny Goudreau? get what the? F- I don't want to use the f word, Mike, because we'll have the one Bible thumper call up and tell us that we're um, you know vulgar. Um, like Johnny Goudreau is ahead of Mitch Marner, and then the fan poll is just a complete disaster.
1: What, what does the
0: fan poll here have? Uh,
1: uh, I, have, well, I have I have less of a pro- I have less of a problem of of Johnny Goudreau being slightly ahead of Mitch Marner because Johnny Goudreau has I believe put up three really good years compared to Mitch Marner's two. Yeah, and, I, know, you know, that, I know. That's I know. the that but but there are other ones and I'm not looking I at know. the list and frankly I'm not going to waste my time looking at the list of, of other players who are listed. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to be parochial, trying not to be a homer here, but I, I do think that. You know, is probably in the top, at least in the top 15 of wingers in the league. And you're taking left and right wingers uh, in this into into account here. And I think Nylander is slightly below that. But, you know, what I guess what I have to say is if both of them have big years, they're going to definitely be in the top 20. And the the whole situation with their contractual situations it, it, let's just say we'll be talking about that probably every other convo from now until next July.
0: Look, Chris Davis
1: just did a home run
0: for the Oakland A's last night. He's 30. He's got, what, two or three 40 home run seasons, more 40 home run seasons than Aaron Judge. So is Chris Davis ranked higher than Aaron Judge? I, again, it's, it's not, not so much what you've done. It's what you're expected to do. And I, I know with fan, fan polls, like to not even have William Nylander in here or Mitch Marner, like what is this? It's a complete joke. This is why, this is why I wouldn't watch the NHL Network because it's just not it's not um, appealing to me, and it's the same reason I wouldn't watch the MLB Network because the MLB Network is its target audience is white guy, um, suburban guy from mid- the midwestern part of the United States. There's no Blue Jay stuff in there, or it's Yankee fan versus Red Sox fans for me it's just doesn't appeal to me. So with the NHL network as well, I'm looking at this thinking to myself, well, if the fans voted, clearly there are no leaf fans watching. And that's probably the reason why they don't really, um, try to target leaf fans, but Hey, the Leafs have their own leaf Nation network. And pretty much every other network that covers hockey is just all about the Maple Leafs. But anyway, I don't know. Tweet us what you think of this, uh, this top 20 wings list. That's just not even a good title for it. And, um, Mike Johnson, I still love that guy. I still think he's a fantastic analyst. Morgan Riley, uh, we've had some comments about Morgan Riley, uh, whether on the YouTube page or on Twitter. Most of them positive, but some people wanting to implicate him in the, uh, the troubles that the Leafs' defense um, would cause over the past few seasons and are expected to cause in the season ahead, you know? Well, Jake Gardner gets all of... The, the shit from fans. Of course, Morgan Riley gets out unscathed again. And I would answer that with, well, Morgan Riley's one of those guys who goes about his business. So st- stealth-like and so quietly and is so efficient and is so productive. We don't really talk about him and add that to the fact that Jake Gardner is because is such a lightning rod of, of um, polarization that, um, Morgan Riley just is just part of the furniture and it's, he's kind of one of those guys that you just want to have. Now we start looking at uh, his teammates and the other players who, um, were expecting to contribute in the same steady way and uh, they don't Mike. I mean, what's your take on, on Morgan Riley and his impact to the Leafs defensive situation and the team as a whole?
1: Well, I mean, I think Morgan Riley is definitely the only legitimate top-pairing defenseman the organization has right now. They may use Ron Hainsey as a top-pairing guy. He's not a top-pairing guy. They may put situa- put Jake Gardner in situations like that, but he cannot handle it because he's you know, a d- defenseman who is a one-zone player. Um, and whereas I think Riley is more, uh, more of a two zone guy. He's not perfect defensively. He's not a plus defender, but he's a good defender. And I think the first year under Babcock where he had him killing penalties and, and concentrating on his defensive game was definitely beneficial to his long-term, um, maturization, uh, as a, as a, as a, you know, a top defenseman. Now they got him on a great contract. He had a great offensive year last year he was used on the power play. He scored 52 points. I think the only the only problem with Morgan Riley is because of the lack of depth and the um, the problems of the Leafs defense he has to be used in situations as a shutdown guy which you know with other teams if they if they have other defensemen who could fill that role you know he wouldn't be in that situation he would be concentrating more on carrying the puck and creating offense rather than checking the other teams top line so his you know, for the people out there who criticize Morgan Riley, I think that the reason that there is any kind of criticism is because of the Leafs not using him correctly for the type of defenseman he is. Okay, he's wait said, a minute.
0: Mike, are the Leafs using Jake Gardner correctly? Is Jake Gardner a talent? No. Is Okay, okay, go on, make that point. Jake,
1: Jake, Gardner, Jake Gardner would be perfect as a specialist, he's a top four defensemen on the leafs he will probably be a top four defenseman if he's on the leafs or another team next season after the, the upcoming year because he's an unrestricted free agent that doesn't mean that he's a good fit as a as a top four defenseman because defensively, I think he is, he is what he is. He's like Mike green. The Mike green has played a top four role in Washington, but defensively he's not very good. There are defensemen out there, you know, like Eric Carlson, he's a Norris trophy winner. He's not a Norris trophy winner because of his defense. He's a Norris trophy winner because of his offense. And that, I mean, I'm not saying Jake Gardner will ever be a Norris trophy winner, but the only reason he's going to play in the top four for the, probably the next five or six years is because offensively, you know, he can carry the puck and he can help uh, generate offense. But Morgan Riley is more of a two-way mm-hmm. defender than those guys. And I think that's to his benefit and to the Leafs' benefit. And the fact that they have him under contract for another four years at $5 bucks is a is a big benefit to them. But I think if their defense was a little stronger, he could be put in better situations, probably could score more points. But I don't see that changing anytime soon.
0: Listen, Leafs fans, don't implicate Morgan Riley in Jake Gardner's Hemisphere of Shit. Do you watch Trailer Park Boys, Mike? I do not. You're missing out. <laughs> that's that's, that's, a, that's a, a quote from the late uh, John Dunsworth, um, Jim Leahy, Hemisphere of Shit. Ricky, you, Mike, you know what? One of these days, you're just going to have to settle in and watch some Trailer Park Boys. Okay. And it's, it's one of the most genius shows ever. It's, it's vulgar. But it's vulgar because it's just over the top and it's so funny and it's set in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. It's just beautiful. But um, it's hard. It's, like, isn't the point here, and, and we just keep making it yet, um, supporters of Jake Gardner will skirt it over and over and over again. That Look, the guy's going to be a free agent after this coming season. There's money that he is going to be expecting to make. It's money that the Maple Leafs may not be able to pay, even if they could. Why would they want to pay a guy with that skill type when they have two or three players with the same skill type coming up who are more controllable and who will make less? Why can't that point just be understood, that this guy leaves a lot to be desired, he gives a lot, but in terms of the player you're looking for and what this cat's going to be looking for and what you're up against with him contractually the po- it might make better sense to try to ship him and i think now we're entering the season it i'm not so sure a deal for him any any time past october november would be a would be a viable
1: yeah, I, I spoke uh, and had uh, Kevin Allen on a recent Hockey Buzzcast, and we sort of have a friendly wager now about Jake Gardner, about whether he'll be traded. And his comment was if the Leafs are in the race, you know, if they're, you know, locked into a playoff spot and considered a contender going down the stretch, that there's no way that they're going to ch- trade Jake Gardner. And I, I made the bet, but he probably is right. And that's why if they do trade him, it's probably going to be before the season but if they do go out and with the cap room that they're going to have for this year only, they might simply go out and trade for a defenseman, take a run for it and let Jake Gardner walk. And I don't like that. I don't like the, I don't like the fact that they did that with the Van Reams, and Bozak, but they probably feel that they'll have a guy like Timothy Lilligren move in that, you know, next season or, you know, or some other defenseman in the organization, or maybe they go in free agency. I don't, I don't know, but, you know that that's that maybe the thought process, but I just don't see the Leafs signing Jake Gardner to a contract, a, a sort of akin to the Ryan Ellis deal, which was eight years at six and a quarter million. I I don't think they'll they'll do that, and I think this is the last year, one way or the other. Yeah, you'll see Jake Gardner no. What I love about uh, our subscribers,
0: um, we're almost at thirteen hundred now. Thank you so much for that. We started at zero in April, so uh, we've come a long way. What I love, Mike, about the people who interact with us, um, especially on YouTube, is that the conversation, for the most part, is a concrete one. It's a constructive one. And it flows. Um, there's a respect among most of our subscribers. And when you have someone who ha- has an objection to some of the things we say or they want to build off of um, a topic that we've, you and I have broached or gotten in depth with, then you, you have other people jumping on it and, and wanting to add their two cents. So what I'm asking our listeners to do now is give us your give us your defensive unit for the Leafs going forward. Who, who, do, who do you like? How would you situate the defense? Forget what Mike Babcock wants and, and if even if you can think of a deal that you're hoping Mike Mike or Kyle Dubas could make or um, if, if you want to dream something up, Mm. obviously you can't get drew dowdy and bring back nick Lidstrom, but how would you configure the leafs defense for the season ahead how would you start the season and um you know give us give us your scenarios give us your well, thoughts and and that's that's what i'd love to see and i'll jump in on 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 the discussion and, and mike hopefully you can get over to the youtube page and um check out some of the comments because i i really feel like our our listeners are are just they're, they're so smart. They're so into what what's going on. They, they understand what we're doing so well. And, uh, I, you know, I feed off of a lot of their input and a lot of their feedback. And I think that's what makes this uh, the this symbiotic relationship that we have right now, us and, and those who support us, so strong and getting stronger every day. Last word to you, Mike, then we got to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can say about and we'll discuss this on uh, future combos is. I still think there's a a move and not a move where they're going to get somebody in the top four, because I think that that is not going to happen one way or the other until American Thanksgiving. I do think that there's the possibility because right now we're in uh, PTO time where, you Mm. know, uh, Mark Letestu gets signed to a PTO by Florida. uh, um, uh, Scotty Upshaw gets uh, an invite from Edmonton, I think you could see the Leafs invite a guy like a Kevin Bieksa, like a Toby Enstrom. Maybe maybe Enstrom would need a one-year deal, but I think they may go that way because the bottom pairing right now is Travis Dermott and Connor Carrick. And Connor mm-hmm. Carrick, the last couple seasons, has been in and out of the lineup because I'm not sure how much there's buy-in from Mike Babcock on Connor Carrick. And I do think that they're going to need – I mean, there's not a lot of snarl and pushback on this roster, and a guy like Bieksa who does that very well – uh, even though he's 37 years old and slowing down, I think that they need that sort of veteran safety net so you, you could see a veteran being added on a PTO and compete for a job at training camp.
0: You also have to be careful how many geriatrics you have back there at this point because you still need some young superstars in the making to carry the day. Uh, with that said, uh, if the Leafs could land uh, Callie Johansson, Yurke Lume, Aki Berg, and Phil Housley by sometime um, late September, I'll be happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, Callie uh, Callie Yo- Johansson didn't he play about two games with the league? <laughs> and you know, for- Phil Housley played one regular season game and I think one or two playoff games when he. Yeah,
0: played. what was f- was Callie Johansson's Matt Sundin's valet the same way? No, Ricard- no, 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 Ricard, Ric- Ricard Valine was Ricard Valine
1: was the was the was the valet for oh god for oh Jonas Gustafsson because they played they they played on the same team in the SHL. What's the
0: monster up to these days? Where's he playing?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I know that he, I mean, he might be back in the SHL again, either that or the KHL. I'd have to look that up. But I, 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 I've lost track of the monster.
0: Remember the hype around his, the speculation over where he would go and then the hype around his arrival. He just seemed like such a sympathetic figure. And I really, really liked him. I was really rooting for him, but I think he was in his own head.
1: Yeah, according to Elite Prospects, he last year he played with Linkaping of uh, the SHL and played 36 games, and he's with them again this year. So he's made the full circle. He started in the SHL, and now he's back in the SHL.
0: You know, we we kind of poke fun at some of these guys whose careers fizzled out, but if they were smart with their money, um, they're laughing all the way to the bank, and we're still trying to make ends meet. So whatever. Anyway, have a good one, Mike. Thanks, Norman. Thanks, yeah. Norman. That's a wrap for this edition of the Leafs Convo Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget, you can add us on Twitter, at Mike and Buffalo, at IamSportsHeart, at the Leafs Combo. If you have a question for our next mailbag edition, hashtag AskMike on Twitter, or hashtag capital letters AskMike in the YouTube comment section of our YouTube page. Have you subscribed to that page yet? If you haven't, Why not? You keep listening to us. So just go ahead and do it. That way, you'll be able to be kept abreast of everything that's going on with the podcast. Because if you think right now, this is all the content, commentary, and conversation you're going to get from us, you're kidding yourself. We are in the dog days of summer. But once September rolls around, once we get into rookie camp, once we get into the preseason once we get into the actual season, the content that we produce here on TLC is going to increase tenfold. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Subscribe to the YouTube page right now. For Mike Jello, I'm Norman James. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time. The Leafs combo is out.